Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the New Evolution Radio Network, where the evolution is the revolution.
money out of your music? Money? I mean, what is, how, much is, how much is a lot of money to you? Yeah, that's a good question. Have, have you made, say, millions of dollars? No. Are you a rich man? What do you mean rich? What do you mean? You have a lot of possessions, a lot oh. of money in the bank. Possession make you rich? I know I don't have that type of richness. My richness is life forever. I want to share with you how to reach your goals. I think the Bible's greatest motivational book ever been written. Now I want you to repeat after me, please. We got to recondition our minds first. Let us say together good things are supposed to happen to me. Yeah, write that down. I want you to say that to yourself every day. See, we live in a world where we believe that bad things are supposed to happen to us. I remember at a point in my life, Bishop, when things are going good for me, and I said, this is too good to be true. Something is bound to happen. Guess what? It did. Thou shalt decree a thing that shall be established unto you and shall accomplish that whereunto it has been sent. Watch your words. Watch what you say about yourself about your affairs. Be conscious of that on a daily basis. Why? Because your words are powerful. In the beginning was the word. Life and death is in the tongue. Watch what you say. Never say I'm broke. Say I'm overcoming a cash flow problem. Claim what you want, not what you don't want. So affirm good things are supposed to happen to me and begin to believe that began to expect that. Now, I was talking to my oldest son, Calvin. We were going for a walk. And I said, Calvin, do you want to be successful? He said, yes, sir, Dad. So okay. He kept on walking. Then I stopped and I looked him in the eyes. It's my namesake, my junior. I said, Calvin, we're looking at each other eye to eye now. Do you expect to be successful? Given the fact that you are a single parent of two kids, given the fact that you decided not to go to college to further your education, given the fact that you are very talented, but you're behind on your dreams and your bills, do you expect, based upon your performance, based upon what you produce at this point in time in your life, do you expect to be successful? And Calvin got quiet. Because see, if you ask most people at the Manpower Conference, do you want to be successful? Do you want to live a life of productivity? Do you want to live a life of contribution? Do you want to be a better father? Do you want to have your own business? Are there dreams you want? Everybody will say yes. But see, want shows up in conversation. Expectation shows up in behavior. See, I can tell what you expect by what you do. That's why the Bible says, judge a tree by the fruit it bears. Not the fruit that it wants. Not the fruit that it talks about. Not the fruit that it claims. But by what you are doing. See, what you do when you leave here. When the music stops. When the shouting dies down, your behavior, how you conduct yourself, writing your goals down, 
deciding to enroll in school to get a GED, deciding to sit into class with children young enough to be your grandchildren, decide to find some product, some idea, some service that you can provide so that you can begin to create some value for yourself so you can create wealth. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. It's very important that we begin to learn how to create wealth. I'm not talking about loving money. See, I believe that a lack of money is the root of all evil. People are steal for money. People are killed for money. People go to jail for money. Every time the unemployment goes up, in those areas where the unemployment is high, that's where you have the highest incidence of crime and violence. Whenever the unemployment goes up 1% in our community, 10,000 children and women are battered. One money makes a difference in your life. I never wanted to be rich. All I've ever wanted to do was to be comfortable. How many have ever wanted to be comfortable? Raise your hand. Then I realized in order to be comfortable, you got to be rich. An old friend of mine, Dick Dickens, say, people say money won't make you happy, but everybody want to find out for themselves. <laughs> Rita Davenport say money ain't important, but it's right up there with oxygen. And let me tell you something, fellas, even if you're as homeless as I am, if you got some money, women will find something cute on you. <laughs> He got earlobes like Denzel, honey. <laughs> Money makes a difference. I used to be so broke when creditors would call the house, my children would answer the phone and say, my daddy say he ain't home. <laughs> I was so broke at one time in my life, I walked by a bank and tripped the alarm. <laughs> I tell you, poverty sucks. You hear me? <laughs> Repeat after me, please. I'll never be broke again. Yes, write that down. I affirm that I'll never be broke again. Never. Never will I ever be broke again. Let me tell you what money does. Number one, it gives you control over your life. Write that down. Number two, it gives you options. Three, it allows you to live a life of contribution, to contribute to things that you feel strongly about. Like this ministry and the work of Project 2000 will be doing to change the lives of young people. Bishop Jake's vision is if we can have little league football teams and baseball teams and basketball teams, then we can have little league dermatologists and cardiologists and endocrinologists. So he is now establishing an institution, Project 2000, to give our young people the methods and the techniques to reinvent themselves as we go into the next millennium. And this era that Peter Drucker calls the era of the three C's, accelerated change, overwhelming complexity, and tremendous competition. So here's the first step to accumulating wealth. If you expect to do it, write this down. You must be willing to do the things today others won't do. In order to have the things tomorrow others won't have. That's why the Book of Life said the road to life is straight and narrow and few there be that find it because few there be that are willing to do the things today others won't do. In order to have the things tomorrow others won't have. What are the things that others won't do? Number one, make discipline a major force in your life. 
How many of you know if you'd have been more disciplined, you'd be further along to reach your goals right now? Socrates said the undisciplined life is an insane life. The road to life is straight and narrow because few there be that are willing to discipline themselves. Here's something else that most people won't do. Make it okay to fail. A lot of people, 85% of people allow their fear of failure to outweigh their desire to succeed. Repeat after me, please. Anything that's worth doing is worth doing badly. Yeah, see, anything is worth doing is worth doing right, as we have been taught, if you know how to do it. But if you don't know how to do it, it's worth doing badly until you get it right. Now write this down. You don't have to be great to get started, but you have to get started to be great. The first time I stood up to speak, I stood up and my mind sat down. I looked at the audience and I panicked. I had to introduce a play at school. Uh, we're about we're about to start a uh, uh, ran off, Mr. Washington. Mr. Brown, where are you going? Uh, Mr. Washington, I I can't think, sir. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. Did you rehearse? Yes, sir, I did. Well, what's wrong? Why did you say your lines? I, 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 don't, I don't know, sir. I just I got up there and I looked at him and everything left me. Let me do it another day, please, sir. No, go back out there, Mr. Brown. Mr. Washington, I'll mess up, please, sir. Don't, 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 don't send me out there now. I'll mess up. Mr. Brown, if you run now, you will always be running. Anything that's worth doing is worth doing badly until you get it right. Why are you moving like that? I got to go to the bathroom, sir. Mr. Brown. Go back out there. Yes, sir. We have a, I started a plea called 12 Angry Men, directed by Mr. Leroy Washington. And I ran off. The next day, hey, Alfalfa! Hey, Les Brown, how are you? They dogged me out. They talked about me so bad. The next time another event came up, Mr. Washington, Mr. Brown, you're up. I said, no, Mr. Washington. Everybody says, no, not him. I said, they're right, Mr. Washington, not me. He said, Mr. Brown, you're up. Yes, sir. And I went out and pretty soon when people laughed at me, it didn't bother me. They would throw paper and I could catch it without losing my concentration. And then one day, I came out and a hush went across the audience because there must have been something about me that indicated that I had come to myself. And Mr. Washington had been practicing with me to give a presentation. And I looked at the audience and I said, I choose not to be a common man. It's my right to be uncommon if I can. I seek opportunity, not security. I do not wish to be a kept citizen, humbled and dull by having the state look after me. I want to take the calculated risk to dream and to build, to fail and to succeed. I refuse to live from hand to mouth. I prefer the challenges of life to the guaranteed existence, the thrill of fulfillment to the stale calm of utopia. I will never cower before any master, nor bend to any threat. It's my heritage to stand erect, proud and unafraid, to face the world boldly and say, this 
I have done. Girl, sit up and say, that's my boyfriend, honey. I like me some left brow, baby. <laughs> but I didn't start off like that. You have something special. You have talents and abilities in you that you don't even know. So how do we begin to create wealth? Let me give you some, some ideas. Number one, write this down, knowledge. What knowledge that you have in this economy, part of what we need, that people are willing to pay you for that. Next is talent. What talent? Dion's talent is playing football. I didn't have that as a talent. My talent is talking. To me, my definition of success is doing what you love to do and find somebody to pay you to do it. You want to master your talent. Find out what it is that you love to do. I love to talk. Scripture is another key that says to us what we need to do to begin to develop ourselves. Luke 12, 34, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So what do you love to do? And then explore ways in which you can earn a living doing that. Cooking, writing, painting, working with numbers, working with people. The other thing is, not only must you have knowledge, talent, some skill, but the other thing that's important, faith to act on whatever your dream is. See, if you don't believe in yourself, how many people you know that have a lot of talent, a lot of abilities, but they don't believe in themselves? Raise your hands. See, that faith is very important. So the faith to act on those dreams, those desires, Here's scripture that I, that I like very much. Proverbs 16, 16 chapter, third verse. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Commit means to carry into action deliberately. Commit means to make it happen no matter what. Commitment is the difference between next time you have bacon and eggs. The chicken was involved. The pig was committed. He had to give it all up. That's going to take a minute to sink in. No, all right? See, when you make a commitment, I'm going to become wealthy. When you make it important, when you decide I'm going to do it no matter what, life changes for you. See, most people don't keep their commitments to their commitments. That's why they lead lives of poverty, lives of misery, lives of unhappiness. Socrates said the uncommitted life isn't worth living. So part of what you must do, whatever commitment, whatever covenant you make with God while you're here, to go back to be a better father, to go back to make a difference in the community, to go back to change your life, to decide not to ever to use drugs or alcohol again, to decide to bet that you're going to begin to recreate yourself, that you're going to be reborn to a new state of consciousness. Whatever commitment that you make, keep your commitment to your commitment. No matter what, if it's hard, then do it hard. But keep your commitment to your commitment.
yourself first. No, it's self-full. It's self-full. It's self-full to be first, to be as good as possible to you, to take care of you, to keep you whole and healthy. That doesn't mean that you disregard everything and everyone, but you want to come with your cup full, you know? My cup runneth over. What comes out of the cup is for y'all. What's in the cup is mine, but I got to keep my cup full. Don't we do that? Don't we take on other people's stuff and make it about us when we don't know that we matter? When you don't know you matter, you will make somebody else's crazy about you. You got your own stuff to handle. You don't have to take on anybody else. You know, there isn't a person you can ask in the world at some point where they didn't say, you know, I just find it difficult to trust people. Right. But what you say, that's not really the issue. No. Learning to trust other people. No. The real issue is... Trusting yourself. 
trusting yourself that you're going to make the right choices, trusting yourself that you can hear that voice and follow it, trusting yourself that when people betray you, abandon you, don't acknowledge you, whatever, you will... I'll be okay. Yeah, I'll be okay. What about boundaries? People violate you when you don't have clear boundaries because you don't tell them how to behave in your life. And they run amok. They run amok because you don't have clear boundaries. You know, a lot of people hold secrets about themselves from their family. Guilt and shame, guilt and shame. And teaching people how to be people, love people, and respect people enough to tell them the truth. Okay, okay. Tell them the truth. Okay. Here's a big story I wish everybody... I'm just a single mom, and I can't... Don't, that story is not helping you. That may be a reality. Here's the, here's the principle. State the facts, speak the truth. Here's the fact. I'm raising children without the benefit of a partner. That's the, that's the fact. Here's the truth. Right where I am, the fullness of God is, and me and God is a majority. Most of us have a death urge. And we see the guy coming, warning, slap, right in the middle of his head. And we said, oh, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to change it. I'm going to reshape it. And we got to understand, love <laughs> doesn't have to fix you, change it. When you see crazy coming, cross the street. <laughs> cross the street. Hi, YouTubers. I'm excited. I think about the day I met the perfect stranger I think about us And I think about the day I got a rat Around your finger I think about us The sun was shining on you Lord was smiling on me, and love was calling us. I had my mind made up. And I can't stop loving you. I can't help myself, and I can't get. Thought I'd ever love anyone else In my weakness I think about us And I think about the day you left Without speaking I think about us I think about the love we had For our children, I think about us today. I think about the way we laugh without a reason. I think about us, girl. Somebody tell me why I feel like I'm dying 
Lord, what's come over me? Ooh, baby, can't you see that I can't stop loving you? I can't stop loving you. I can't help Everybody, please take a deep breath and breathe out and breathe in and breathe out. Joey, I don't know if you can hear this click in my ear, but I'm hearing a click. Press in Deep breath in All right, so I just want to say thank you all for joining us tonight. Thank you for being a part of Beautiful Evolution. We are honored to have Miss Allison Riggins of Lupus Purple Butterfly joining us tonight. She is going to give us some beautiful, beautiful insight on not even just lupus, but what it means to go through a healing process, how family and friends can support a healing process and continue to do this work together. I'm excited to um, also add that she is a beautiful, beautiful, wonderful uh, mother-in-law to me. I, you will hear me refer to her as Nana, but her. I'm going to try my hardest to make sure that I say Miss um, Allison tonight on the call. So without further ado, I would like to welcome in Miss Allison. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, and you? Good, good, good. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. 
<laughs> how how you feeling? I'm okay. I had a pretty good day. Good. Good, 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 good. All right. Well, we are going to jump right in. So tell us why you started Lucas Purple Butterflies. Well, um, I was diagnosed with lupus in 2017. And um, one of the things that I was looking for was a good support group in my area. And um, every time I tried to find one, it was either online or um, they discontinued the group for whatever reason. I couldn't really find out. So I always wanted to um, start my own support group. But it took me two years. <laughs> it took, And we'll talk about that, too, the journey. But it took me two years. But finally, um, in fact, it was World Lupus Day. You know, May the 10th when I actually started. So that was my reason. Um, I just wanted a good support group. And if I can't find it, then I started myself. Yes, yes. And so tell me, what was your, what's your lupus journey? Tell us about your journey. Okay. Um, like I said, I was diagnosed in 2017, but before then, I was going through a lot of the symptoms. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know, but it takes years to really get diagnosed with lupus. And um, they took me through so much um, way before being diagnosed. Like, um, they thought it was leukemia for a while. And, I mean, I was getting the butterfly rashes. I was having the joint pain, fatigue, you know, just everything. Everything is going on. And um, I... It was about the third rheumatologist that I went to um, that was, you know, telling me that he thought it was lupus. But even, even before I was diagnosed, I, I went to the hospital for something else and ended up having my gallbladder removed. And you know how lupus affects your organs. And even the lady at the hospital, she was like, do you have lupus? And I was like, no. And she was like, you might want to talk to a rheumatologist. So that was like in early, no, late 2016. So finally in 2017, they diagnosed me with SLE, and uh, which is one of the worst, you know, it's so many different types of lupus. And they said SLE is the worst one because it affects so much from your joints, your organs. Um, so you, with that and my diabetes, you know, I'm up against with the kidneys. So it's just a lot going on with that. Um, but ever since then, I went through, um, when I was first diagnosed, I went through depression. Um, I would have an anxiety attack. I will just, I really felt like, you know, I didn't have nobody because I didn't understand it. So I didn't, I felt like other people didn't understand it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, it's been a long, <laughs> although it was in 2017, it felt like, it felt like it's been forever. To get to where I am now. Yes, yes. So tell us where you are now. What, what is, where are you now? Wow. Now, <laughs> um, during it. Okay, let me go back a little bit. During it, um, I thought I was like the last two years. Um, I just, you know, I'm just at a really angry point in my life. Like, I just didn't care no more, you know. But like the last month or two. Last year, I started seeing a therapist, 
I'm trying to skip me. Last year I started seeing a therapist, and I didn't tell my kids, my family, none of y'all, you know, about me seeing a therapist because it's something I had to do on my own. Then once I got to the point where I was comfortable and um, telling everybody that I was seeing a therapist because I felt like it started, you know, I started opening up more, and I felt like it started to help me. So um, when I opened up to my family and told them I was seeing a therapist, everything just started to open up. Like my whole attitude changed. I, um, I'm really motivated right now. Um, I'm changing for the better. I'm becoming a better me. Um, I'm learning to let go of the anger. I'm learning to stop blaming everybody else. So I'm I'm in my healing stage, my healing. Um, Lupus Purple Butterfly is my healing um, to help others. So mm-hmm. that's why it's so important to me because I feel like doing my healing process, if I can help one other person, that helps me with my healing. Mm-hmm. So I'm just mm-hmm. in a really good spot right now. I'm in. A, I'm more open about me. You know, me talking to a therapist. I'm open. You know, I'm more open about how I made mistakes. How I was angry. Everybody blamed everybody about my depression. Um, just everything that I went through. I'm just. I'm real open and I'm talking about it. I'm even doing lives on Facebook. You know, taking people through this journey with me. So I just feel mm-hmm. like I'm in a really good spot, and I can't go nowhere but up now. Mhm, mhm. Talk about what what therapy. You know, you said I'm open now that I've I started therapy. Talk about how you got to a place where you were like, all right, I'm going to accept therapy because you know, in in black community, ain't nobody going to therapy. Right. So how yeah. did you how did you get to that place, and how has the impact of therapy kept you consistent to be where you're at now where it, it feels really good and you feel like you're in a great place okay at first when I first started going to therapy I felt like everybody else <laughs> I felt like you know I don't I'm not crazy I don't need to feel psychiatrist why am I doing this you know um I felt like she don't know nothing about me to tell me um you know what I'm going through and I just felt like most therapists at first, I feel like most therapists tell you what you want to hear and not what you need to hear. And um, I went through, like, three different therapists, but the one that I'm with now, where my last one, she left, so I ended up with a new one. And the one I'm with now, it did not take me long to get comfortable with her because it's like she was listening to me. It took a therapist to listen to me. To understand where I was coming from and stop telling me what I should be feeling and understand what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. So after talking to her, she really let me open up and you know and really um listen and understood. She got me to the point where I felt really comfortable with her. So when mm-hmm. I when I became comfortable with her, I opened up more. And once mm-hmm. I started opening up, like it went from there. Like it's like. Like, I talk about it so much. Like, I, I'm, when I say, I tell everybody I see a therapist, because I want black people, especially, I'm sorry, like, to know that it's okay to talk to somebody else. It's okay to talk mm-hmm. to a therapist. I, I mean, it, it helps. It helps a mm-hmm. lot. And I'm a living witness. I'm a living witness mm-hmm. that it helps. 
because I was mm-hmm. one of the most dangerous black women you can meet in your life. <laughs> it affected my relationship with my kids. It affected my relationship with my friends, just period. Like, mm-hmm. I blame everybody. Everybody. Everybody was the problem except me. Mm-hmm. But now, mm-hmm. I take accountability for the part that I play in ruining relationships in my life. And I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. I'm totally okay mm-hmm. with that. So, I have to start healing. I ask for forgiveness, and I move on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, there's power in that accountability, right? Like, yes. being able, because you, you empower yourself, you know, and you realize that all along the power was in you. Right. So right. When you talk about you know, we talk about accountability a lot on this station, on my show, on Joey's show. Um we just talk about accountability a lot. And tell us what it was what was Allison Riggins like before accountability? What were you like? What are you like? What is the difference? What would someone know? And to be able to say, Oh goodness, Allison has completely grown. You know, like what would be the aha? For, for someone outside looking into you, I was angry. <laughs> I was just I was just a mad Allison Riggins. I was a mad. I was just the biggest thing was is that um, I say depressed. I didn't wanna. I was ashamed of people seeing me. Um, I just I crawled up on a rock and I was just there, you know. And um, before I started taking accountability for what I did like everybody else was the issue everybody else was the issue Mm. and once I started realizing I was part of the problem and I was the one that you know withdrew from people I was the one stopped dealing with people arguing with people mad at people cursing at people but that was me and when I realized that it had to start with me Mm. and and Mm. once I started when I when I looked at myself, when I looked at myself in the mirror and said that it have to start with you, and you got to be responsible for what you did, and once I apologized to a person, they accepted. That's fine. I got it off my chest. You know, I did my part, and that's mm-hmm. all I can do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the after after I started taking accountability, I feel free. I feel like I'm happier. A lot of stuff don't get to me like it used to. Like I'm open and honest about if something's bothering me, I don't hold it in. I go ahead and say it. We get over it and we move on. You know, like mm-hmm. I, um, I just know that I'm I'm totally in a different place. I'm totally mm-hmm. in a different place. Like I feel it. I wake up every morning feeling that I'm be better than I was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think what's powerful about what you're saying is I can take accountability for myself and I can I can apologize. And I hear you saying I'm also grateful to myself. Once I apologize, I'm done with it. I'm not holding on. I'm not going I'm not begging you to, to keep me in your life. I'm not doing any of that. I, I'm taking full accountability and that accountability is not about making you feel good because of what I did in the past. It's about me right. being consistent me. in my change. And so, exactly. right, so <laughs> you get to move forward in a way where it's like, you can forgive me if you want to. You don't have to, but I, I, but I did my part. Absolutely. And, and what I love yep. about it is that you're, 
you're holding yourself accountable, but you're also saying this is my part, which means I recognize that somebody else had a part too, right? Like it's exactly. not just a social it's not, and I don't hear you saying I'm waiting for somebody else to apologize to me. I'm gonna do my part. Not at all. So I keep it. Not at all. <laughs> right. So Not at that's, all. That's cute. But you know, that's major. But Go you ahead, know I'm what? Sorry. Though most of the people, most of the people that um I had to apologize to, or we talked about, it or however you want to look at it, most of us, no, I every single person. We're we're working on our relationship. It can't go back to the way it was, and that's good because that was the, you know, I was a different person before all of this. So, like I tell anybody now, you get a better version of me. So forget what happened in the past. If, if you accepting my apology, then you're gonna get the better version of me anyway. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what was the hardest? Well, and, and I I know the personal answer, but I think um, okay. first of all, let me say everybody on the line, thank you for joining us. We have a line full of folks. Um, again, you are on beautiful evolution on new evolution radio, where the evolution is the revolution. I'm the goddess of the station. You are on, and I'm your host, Healer Asset. You can find my brother in the HNIC every Sunday. Joey L is his show, and you know we run this radio station to ensure that we are uplifting the people in this realm and in spirit and energy. We're honored to do this work. Um, we're going to wrap up a few more questions before we go to a small break so Miss Allison can get some water and we're going to bring you back. But I got I have a, I have a question that's coming up in terms of um, how did you, what was the most impactful relationship that was, that you had to do the healing work with? Who? <laughs> My kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I have two, you know, grown men, and you know we had a we have. <sighs> I'm sorry, you know this is this part right <laughs> here. Um, yep. I when I was first that. First of all, when I first started going through the testing or even, um, you know, being checked for lupus, I didn't tell nobody, period, not even my kids, because I didn't want them to worry, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, once I was diagnosed, I still didn't tell them yet, but it changed me, and by the time I told them, it had changed our relationship. And you got to understand, man, my kids was all we had, you know? And mm-hmm. um, I take total responsibility for, you know, our relationship shifting. And 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 we're working on that now. Like, like, like we're in the process of just working on us. But that was, like, the hardest because I felt like, I felt like they didn't care. I felt like they didn't understand. But what I had to learn is that how did I expect them to understand when I didn't understand it? And then mm. I had to look at it. I had to look at it like my kids always see me work hard. They always see me um, like go out there. I was a go getter. Then all of a sudden, like I'm barely getting out of bed, you know. And I'm always mm-hmm. mad, and I don't want to do nothing. 
and I'm, you know, I'm always fussing about something. No matter how hard they try, I literally push them away. So it's like, um, oh, I'm sorry. It's like, um, I really, I really, during the beginning of my therapy, they was the main conversation. That's why I never <laughs> opened up about it because I had to really work through my own issues. And I'm still working through them, but I'm saying I had to get to the point of being comfortable enough to bring them into it, you know, like to try to make them understand. And it was just hard. Like, it was hard. But I remember they told me that um, we had a conversation here recently, and they was like, um, Mama, if, well, let me say Tonyo. Tony was like, um, he remember when he was diagnosed with Crohn's, and, and he remember me telling him that it was going to be okay. They gave him six months, and I was like, you know what? We're going to get through this. We're going to make it, and you know, and all that. Then they told Rick. Rick had the swine flu. They told me I could lose him. Mm. And when we had that conversation, they was like, how do you expect for you for for you tell us we gonna be okay, and we we was okay, we made it. But they was like it was hard to tell you because they didn't want me to feel like they was taking in vain that I was really sick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So instead, we didn't talk about it as much, and I took that as to where they didn't care, and that mm-hmm. wasn't it. Mm-hmm. It was that I'm I'm their mama, and they don't want to see me sick. So instead mm-hmm. of you know, instead of talking about it and dealing with it, you know, they just want to make sure I'm okay. And they always made sure I was okay in life. But I felt mm-hmm. like they didn't care enough of what I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. So it was all just, if I would have took the chance and took the time and felt back and been like, I'm I'm angry at them for the wrong reasons because they don't understand what I don't understand. So how am I expecting them to understand? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And how did you, how how have you guys healed that? And I think it's important, family, I want us to hear this because usually our most intimate relationships are the hardest ones that are going to make us grow, right? And so they push us, you know, God brings us tests through our intimate relationships. And I think black mothers, we need to hear how our children also give us healing and also bring us lessons. And that's what I'm hearing is happening. So how did y'all get to a, a healing place? How did how did the initiation process happen where you you recognized and you were able to say, let's heal this? Right. They had to break my heart. The same thing that broke my heart healed my heart. It's healing my heart. Mm. I had mm. I had to hear the real truth. I had to hear the truth from my children. And hearing mm-hmm. the truth, it broke me. I'm talking about it broke me. And we went through a non-speaking. You know, they were just really harsh. You know, and but but I appreciate the truth because I wasn't blind no more to their feelings. Mm. And when I when I heard it, believe me, <laughs> the same thing that broke me is what's healing me. And mm. I say that, and I probably said it about three times, and I keep saying it because it's the truth. Because 
hearing the truth from the kids you love more than anything. I love my kids more than I love myself, and that's true. Mm-hmm. So hearing that from them that I hurt them the way I did, and anybody that knows me and my kids know they're my life. And mm. to hear that from them, I was like, okay. After I cried about it, I had to real, you know, I had to realize, okay, you need to start healing. Because mm. you, if you don't heal first, you're not going to heal your relationship with your kids. And if you don't heal your mm. relationship with your kids, one day you're going to wake up and there's not going to be, you know, we won't be able to heal it whether I'm gone. You know what I'm saying? Especially with the situation mm-hmm. I'm in. God knows I'm not ready to go nowhere. But here's the thing. I'm not accepting lupus. I do have lupus, but lupus don't have me. But but in reality, if my organs start failing me, you know, and or whatever, I could be gone in the blink of an eye. If I'm gone, we would never heal. See, that's what happened with my relationship with my mom, and we're healing after the fact. Mm. And I don't want yeah. that for my kids. So I yeah. listen to them. I listen to them. And, and you know, I... I I hurt, I cry. So now we're in a healing process. Mm-hmm. We're not, mm-hmm. you know, you're never totally healed, but we're moving in the right direction as to where we're all willing to put in the work to heal our family, you know, to get back what we lost. Mm. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I just think one, I, it's worth celebrating you being this transparent and this open. And we at, at New Evolution Radio, we value when our guests get this transparent because you're helping so many people. You know, we have so many listeners who are listening live right now, they're going to come back and download. They're going to do all of these things. And this show, what I think is really, really powerful is, yes, the catalyst is lupus, but really you're giving healing tools for any issue. You know what I mean? Like it might not it might not necessarily be lupus. It might be something exactly. else that you're giving tools that are like, this is how you get through moving forward. And this is my last question before we go to a quick break, and we'll come right back in. You are listening to Allison Riggins. She is the go look up lupuspurplebutterfly.com. You can find all of her information, Lupus Purple Butterfly, on Facebook. Look it up. It's a really, really pretty purple butterfly. You'll see it. Um, make sure that you support, uh, you add, you share, you do all of that stuff, and we, we're going to continue. Last question before break. Okay. Um, when you when those relationships were healed, how can folks who do not have lupus or folks who do not have um, something going on with them, how can family and friends support when diagnoses are are given? The first, the and I tell you know, okay, the first thing is to listen, listen to the person that was diagnosed you know, with the disease. Because sometimes when you don't know, then you don't know how to help that person. Do research. You know, um, communicate with that person. Because sometimes people assume a person is exaggerating. They're adding more to it. Like, I had people that tell me that, 
and I have people say, you don't look sick. Well, how are you supposed mm. to look, you know, when you're when you're sick on the inside, you know, when it's affecting your joints and your organs, how do you supposed to look? You know, everybody mm-hmm. don't get the butterfly rashes. So mm-hmm. the biggest issue is stop talking. Well, well talk less and listen more. Mm. And and as a lupus patient, well, I'm not going to say any person that's been diagnosed with a terminal illness or anything, talk more. Talk more. Because sometimes we mm-hmm. shut down. I shut down. And I didn't talk or, you know, or tell people, and that what my problem was. So by the time I wanted to talk about it or get it out there, they was already mad at me, or people already was like, it can't be true because you don't look this, or you don't do this, you didn't say this. So, you know, that's why I'm so open about just talking about it, because I want people to know that find somebody, this this when we get back to the support group, find somebody, like if you don't have family members, Find somebody else you can talk. Find you a good local support group. You know, find because you always want to be in a situation. It's easier to talk to someone that's going through what you're going through. If you mm-hmm. don't have like family and friends to talk to, but it's mm-hmm. always good to have that support from somebody that truly understands it. But but the biggest thing is listen, communicate. You know, go to therapy with go to therapy with that person. You know, mm. like. Mm. Like join in, just just be a part of because we need all the love and support that we can get. And although mm-hmm. I'm in a I'm in a different place now, I'm still healing. Mm-hmm. So just as much as I want to help people, I need the same support. Like I want that mm-hmm. support too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because then you would never know all of it, you know. So it's a daily lesson. Yes. Yes. We are listening to Allison Riggins. She's the CEO and founder, the H, wait, the head woman in charge <laughs> of Lupus Purple Butterfly, and she is a lupus warrior. We are happy to have her, but she's dropping jewels bigger than lupus. Um, we're going to share, dive a little deeper. Thank y'all for listening. And go ahead and press 1 if you have some questions for her. If you want to, um, I know people are texting me questions because they're on the road listening so I will ask those questions as they're coming in if there's stuff that um, are coming in we did not open our chat tonight because we knew we wanted y'all to just listen and so if you are texting me questions I will make sure that I ask when we come back we're going to take a little music break and we're going to be right back you're listening to the new evolution radio network where the evolution is the revolution
and we are back. Giving you the best that I that's what y'all getting tonight. Y'all getting a word tonight. This we have this beautiful, the wonderful, the warrior woman, the head woman in charge of Lupus Purple Butterfly, Miss Allison Riggins. I am your host, Healer Offset Marion. We are honored to be doing this show. I just was thinking about um how long I've been on the radio and this is coming up on like eleven years, yo. So like I'm so wow. honored to be here. I know. I'm so honored to be with New Evolution Radio. Thank you for um, allowing me to transition and become the only woman with a show on the station and continuing to do this work. Our HNIC is Joey L., my dear, dear brother. I love him to death. And he also holds down the board for us. So he is with us tonight, making sure that uh, you're hearing some good music. And when we get callers, he will be holding the switchboard down. So I'm thankful and um, you getting the word tonight, y'all. Y'all didn't get to go to church on Sunday. That's okay. You guys, you getting the word today because Allison is giving the truth. I was just, uh, I was just sharing with with Antonio. I was like, your mom is in spirit. Like spirit is leading this. So I am, I'm super excited to be a part of this show and um, introducing you. you to the to the audience. So first, I just want to kind of share some of the comments that were coming in. Um, okay. One, they want you to come back. So they say okay. this is going to be a part two. And um, okay. the questions about lupus are coming up, but I know you'll you'll talk about that in a second. And then um, we have a mother who is asking, how did you communicate to if you had any siblings? They, first she asked, did you have siblings? And she said, how, what were the roles that your siblings played? Um, and this sister actually just recently got diagnosed with lupus, so she's asking for her clarity. to answer but I'm going to answer um I don't have a real close relationship with my biological sister and brother so um they didn't really care I'm gonna be honest like you know they really didn't like they didn't want to do the walks with me they never asked me anything about it um they just didn't want to know now I do have God sister that was you know willing to be there for me, tried to go with me to the doctor, you know, um, but I didn't allow them to. So what I would say to her is um, be there for your, you said it was a sister that was diagnosed? Yes, it was the okay. sister. It was her sister. Okay. Yeah, it was her sister. I would say just, just be there for her um, and talk to her about it and just try to support as much as you can. Right. We had another question. We had another question coming in asking um, how do significant others help when the when the flare ups and the pain come in? How do my significant others? Oh, wait a minute. Let me make sure. She's she's texting. Oh, okay. Her her husband got diagnosed with lupus. And she doesn't. She freezes when he's in pain. Um, how how can someone who physically is there help when someone is in pain? Um, you know, people handle pain different. As like if it was me, um, I 
I like Keith. You know, like Keith helped to me. Um, being really comfortable. You know, like um, I try to pop up on pillars. It's hard to say because people. I mean, it depends on their pain. You know, um, I would say try to make them comfortable. You know, whatever makes that person comfortable. But you have to know about communicate with them to find out. You know what they need you to do. I don't know how to really say what to do because it's all different. You know, it's different for everybody. So maybe maybe just find out what makes him comfortable or what turns the most and try to, you know, help with that. Like if it's his back if it's his back hurting, like use a heat pad, prop him up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. She said she said she just said thank you. She said she didn't she it was new to them because they thought lupus it was more for a, for women. Do you woman. find that do people think that do people think that that mostly women are diagnosed? In fact, people think it's only African American women um, that's diagnosed with lupus. Very few men. Um, the number is really low for men when it comes to lupus. Like I didn't find out. I didn't meet a man with lupus till like two years later, and we were going mm-hmm. to the same rheumatologist, and I was surprised to see him there. Suffering, you know, that has lupus. Is it? Is it? Are other women? Do other women get lupus, or is this generally a an African American woman's issue? I have seen other. I have seen other races, but the most, they say, and and of course, you know, they say it's most of African American women. Mm-hmm. The it affects mm-hmm. us the most. Mm-hmm. It affects us the most. All right, we're going to jump to a caller, and then we're going to dive in a little bit deeper. Um, 314, you are on the line. Go ahead and ask your question, your comment or concern to Miss Allison Riggins with Lupus Purple Butterfly. Yes, peace to the gods. Uh, hey. To the goddesses. You know, I had a cousin that transitioned, and we wasn't really – we really didn't understand lupus. Lupus is a blood disease, right? Autoimmune. Hello? It's autoimmune. It's, it's your blood? No, it's, it's autoimmune. autoimmune disease. Pardon me? It's autoimmune. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. It's autoimmune. It's autoimmune. Okay, well, anyway, my cousin, my first cousin, she she transitioned from it, but we really didn't have the history of knowledge of lupus, you know, and I'm glad that she's sharing this uh, in the community, you know, it's, it's, it's so important, you know, when your loved one's transitioning, you don't you don't have knowledge of exactly what's going on because you you just don't know. I I, I didn't know. You know, I, I I thought it was a it was I don't know, I she would she would break out and hide and, you know, her legs would swell and you know I try to comfort but I didn't know I had no knowledge of, of, of lupus. I thought it was a, it was something with your blood, really. 
Right. Do you yeah. know what type of lupus she has? No, I I really don't. All I know is her legs used to swell, and she used to have she used to just be in so much pain. And uh, you know, she 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 was like thirty. She 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 went out young, you know. Right. And she just got one son that I try to look after, you know. But uh, I I really I really I. I they just say it, it, it's in the in in our community, you know. Like you said, women, women, you know. So I I thought it was something with with the blood. I didn't know. Uh, right. Really. It I sounds I, like. I'm sorry. Hello. Yeah. Okay. It sounds like she had SLE. And most of the time with lupus, um, when you get swelling of the joint, and you said she had the butterfly rashes, right? Yes. And SLE mostly affect like your joints, your skin, and your organs. So that's what it sounds like. I'm not a professional, but it sounds like SLE. Okay. Okay. Well. Now, now I know. I really didn't know, you know. But now I, I know, you know. Right. So, but I thank you. I thank you for You're sharing welcome. that information. So. You're welcome, and thank you for calling in. Yes, ma'am. We gonna have to thank you for calling in, brother. We gonna have to give. I was I was just becoming host the show for a day. That's the she she told me she know how to say thank you to the guest. She thought she done. Let me just be quiet. Let me just let her host the show. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. She was nervous, and everybody talked about we want to hear her again. So we gonna bring her back. Y'all know we do our alternate month, so she is our second. Goddess who's coming on the show um, this month. Next month we're gonna have all men. You're gonna get to to uh, the first Tuesday will be the offspring of this beautiful woman and the love of my life. You get to see and hear how much hey. his mother has influenced <laughs> him, and so we are excited to 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 have them. Um, so you have another question. How important this is? This is. So let me tell you. The first comment was, I already know that. You probably read in her, but ask her how important her spiritual self has been in this journey for her. Wow, yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about that. First, um whew, before 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 I even started Lupus Purple Butterfly, um, the only person I had spoke to is too about it is my mom which is no longer with us and then um, I had a conversation with you and you was able to tell me everything I told my mom everything I told my mom and I'm like okay and it went from there you know like but my spiritual journey um I, for a long time, I wasn't very spiritual for a long time because I felt like um, stuff was happening to me that shouldn't have been happening. So I started kind of, you know, really then 
believe a lot. But now, it's like I'm on a journey to find out who I am, to work on my problems in life, and how to come with peace, you know, within myself. So these days, like, I wake up, I meditate, I read affirmations, I pray, mm. you know, and, mm. and I let you read me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I didn't, have, I didn't have anything to do with 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 Allison's journey, y'all. I, I think I think there's always this assumption that that us as readers we we play it's it's us. I didn't do the work. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't do anything. All I was was this empty vessel giving messages. This I, I can I I'm I'm proud. I you know, I just I tears come to my eyes to see but it's not but it it has not listen. She has done all of the work Sometimes I get in the way because I'm so excited, but it's not anybody. <laughs> like, it's, this is completely intelligent. Who y'all are seeing is genuinely, she has done her work. And what I want to stress to all of us is that it's important to hear different perspectives and different entry points of our spiritual selves so that you know, one, if you ne- it's never too late. And you're never in such a rut that you can't turn to spirit, even when you thought you turned away. And this is right. this has been such a powerful and y'all I've only known Allison for nineteen months since I've been with her son. Like it hasn't it's been, <laughs> right. I mean, it, it has not been long. And and to be able to say and to I can personally attest. And while, you know, it's, I know it was said in a joking manner, I do wanna strongly say like I had nothing to do with this process. Like her you know, her mother does utilize me a lot but it, it is because she has a connection to her mother I don't tell her nothing she didn't already know that her mother told her so it's it's that that level and that depth and everybody can reach it you know everybody can reach it and I, I've been honored that I've been able to, to see it but please know right that's and that's for everybody you know like don't give these readers and these people who help you credit for you doing your work I think people often are like if it wasn't for my pastor if it wasn't for my reader if it wasn't for my husband or wife if it wasn't for right. my children no 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 you did that work and all these other people were nothing but vessels that God used for you and you accepted the the ascension of yourself so um yeah that's 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 beautiful um they're, they're saying that they're crying. You bring in tears today, eyes too. Um, okay, so you're you're now in this place where you're meditating. Uh, that's beautiful to hear. You're meditating every day. You're doing yes. your affirmations. You're you're having that. What is your formula um, when you have a bad day? What happens when you have a bad day to your spirit, and how do you make sure that you stay consistent? I'm going to go back a little bit before I answer that. I used to ball up in the night, cry, lay in the bed, um, you know, not, especially with a flare-up. I won't show my face. Um, I lost my hair. Um, you know, like I lost my hair three times, and I tried to grow it back because I, I didn't want to be bald-headed, you know. And then now it's like I love it. Like I love mm-hmm. I love being bald head. I wake up every day, even even if I'm having a bad day. I wake up at five thirty every day and I meditate. 
and uh, exercise, which is real important because you have to stay mo- mobile. You know, you just can't lay around. And that was my problem. I laid around and cried a lot. So I realized as I give up, get up, move around, I have even um, on YouTube, they got lupus exercises. So even when I can't do regular exercises, I do lupus mm-hmm. exercises. I still mm-hmm. stay mobile. Um, I, you know, I pray. We walk. I do me a smoothie every morning. Like, I don't got in this routine um, as to where I make sure I get up no matter what. No matter what. I don't care if I'm hurting, if I'm going through a flare, I I get up. And that's one thing I had to start doing. Rick, Rick always tell me it's not what you do. It's that you're getting up to do it. And And just because you don't do as much as you did yesterday, you try to do more tomorrow. But mm-hmm. you do what your body allows you to do. And that's what mm-hmm. I had to learn. And that's how come, um, you know, when I'm having a bad day, instead of doing a 30-minute workout, I break it down to 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, and 10 minutes there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I still get in my 30 minutes. I just mm-hmm. don't do it all at one time. I don't hurt and push myself. Mm-hmm. 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 How does it feel to get to be in the space of accepting how wonderful and how great and how large your calling is? How does it feel to step into that? It feels amazing. I am... <laughs> When I tell you I am so proud of myself, and you have to know me, like, to know I'm shy for one. <laughs> I hate the way I sound on the radio because everybody sound like, say I sound really young, although I'm 46 years old. You know, everybody thinks I'm really young. And, like, I don't like to hear myself, you know. So I stayed away from going live and, you know, being on the phone and, you know, anything. But where I'm at now that I had to accept me, I had to accept my journey, I had to accept the the cause life dealt me, you know, like I, I just had to accept me. And if I'm going to have lupus, I'm going to be the less, the best lupus survival warrior that you ever seen. And that's my goal. Like, I mm-hmm. want to be the best of who I am. So uh, when I when I accepted that, like I feel, I wake up with a joy. I really, I wake up with a joy, and it mm-hmm. feels good when I can get out there, even if I just do a little bit. It feels mm-hmm. good, like I'm in right now. You know, all the changes I'm making, and I had to learn. I can, I take something away every week. I make a different change every week, like. You know, I stay consistent with doing one thing, and I add something else, and I add something else, and it just it's it feels great. Like it's great. <laughs> I can't explain it. Like every day I send them a text, like I'm so excited, and they'd be like, "Okay, what happened?" You know, like so I have to tell them something different. Just I don't know. I just I feel really good. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, we are definitely glad and happy and proud that you are stepping into it. You know, we we have this beautiful um, interconnectedness that, that when everybody walks into who their full self is, it allows you to accept who others' full self are, you know, and you're able to right. really, really see people like, oh, you just being who God designed you to be, and you know that, and you can identify it because you're being who God designed you to be, right? And so it it, it becomes really, really easy. 
Y'all, let me tell y'all something too. Y'all are also eavesdropping. This is literally how Nana and I talk. Excuse me. See? Exactly. <laughs> I did good. I did good. I didn't call you Nana the whole show until now. You doing good. Y'all, y'all are really eavesdropping. This is genuinely how we have conversations. And right. even though this is my partner's mother, like we we have our own independent relationship. We don't never even talk about Antonio. This is genuinely y'all are eavesdropping on our conversations, how we exchange. Um, it's important that, that we pour into each other, that we're, you know, I'm constantly telling her, I'm proud of you. I'm so excited. Yes. Y'all are not seeing this. Is, this is genuinely not only so y'all get to hear her journey and ask questions, but I want to just stress like what you're experiencing. Um, just hearing the two of us converse, it's it, just like all of my guests. It's, it's really this right. is how we talk all the time. Like ain't no gossiping, ain't no ain't no what you saw on social media. We genuinely are speaking to each other's higher selves, and I'm just so thankful for you, Allison, for being in my life. <laughs> And, and my children's lives and my family's lives, um, we we love you, we adore you, um, just just so proud of you. And I just want to just stress how every day I thank God for you and and what you have brought into my life, even outside of you, like you as right. a woman. <laughs> um, I've been able to, and and you know, little do you know, I I have. Um, listen to your story of being a mother of two black sons and apply those lessons to my black son. So I just want to say thank you for wow. for being there for me. And sometimes I'm not sure if you understand that it's a lot of times it's the stuff that we, that's unspoken that I take from you. And I'm like, Oh, all right. I need to, all right. I just learned something or I'm, I'm growing because I have you in my life. So I appreciate you that from the bottom of my heart. Oh, thank you so much. And I want to yeah. say something. Um, you said earlier that um, you can't take credit for what happened. And, you know, with Lucas Purple Butterfly. But I do want to say that you are part of my support team and you have been supportive, you know, during the whole process. It moves really fast. And, you know, um, and I learned a lot from you and it was just it was it was really your support you know that was important and I do Mm want to thank you for being there um and we do have you know our own separate relationship and I know that you're there you always have been and I appreciate that so thank thank you. you I appreciate that. Y'all, y'all better get this sisterhood. Let's talk about sisterhood. Y'all know we can't do our okay. show. We're talking about the importance of sisterhood. Um, how important is it for you to see black women win and see black women working together and see black women stopping the nonsense and the bullshit that we can't get along? How important is that for you? That is very important to me. Now, I'm going to admit, maybe a couple of years ago, I didn't believe in it because I didn't grow up around sisterhood, you know, and everybody who I was there for either turned their back on me or I turned my back on them. You know, I'm not claiming it was all them, but I'm saying, like, sisterhood wasn't that important. But these last couple of years, I have learned that sisterhood is a bond 
it goes beyond family. You know, like it mm-hmm. connects women to each other, and we provide a safe space to be your truest self. Mm-hmm. And and it 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 means like you love and you accept that person, and you consist with them, you inspire them, you support them, and you're there to try to make them the best self they can be. So yes, mm-hmm. I'm all down for sisterhood. I'm down. You know, being there and holding each other accountable for the good and the bad, and and mm-hmm. you know, just just building, just building the monster. Mhm, mhm. That's so beautiful. We gonna take another break and we gonna wrap up on making sure y'all know how to contact Allison Riggins, how to support Lupus Purple Butterfly, and we gonna keep it moving because y'all know sisterhood is real and. Yes, absolutely, we will be bringing her back. So we will be right back after this little break.
And we are back. We are back <laughs> listening. I'm your host, Taylor. I said, Miriam. We are with Allison Riggins, the head sister woman in charge of Lisa Purple Butterfly. And we are honored to have her. This has been a wonderful show about healing, a wonderful show about lupus, a wonderful show about what support group looks like, and all of that. Um, so, Allison, why don't you tell us how we can stay in contact with you, where we can find you, how we can support you, all that good stuff. Okay, we have a Facebook group, um, Finding um, Lupus Purple Butterfly. But just to make sure you have the correct group, you can always go to the website at www.lupuspurplebutterfly.com. You can actually join from the website just to make sure you have the correct group. Um, also, I have cards. I can put my number on them. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. But, um, whatever you want. Okay, but if you want to contact me personally, um, you can reach me at 678-557-8829. And if you are in the Atlanta area or you know someone in the Atlanta area, please give them the information. We're going to start having... Um, our first meeting is going to be in August. Um, we will announce the place in July. You know, we're dealing with COVID, so we're trying to see exactly what's going to happen. But we're planning on August the 29th. So hopefully, um, but if you keep checking the Facebook group and the website, you'll see updated information about what's happening next. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, how else do you, um, how, what else can you give to the people? What else should we know about lupus? What else should we know about helping? If I had to, um, the last thing is just, just be a strong support team, really. That's the most important thing to a person that's going through um, you know, lupus, any kind of autoimmune terminal illness. Support is very, very important. Um, communicate with them, you know, talk to them, be there for them, but support them doing whatever they're going through. That's the biggest thing for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just having a strong mm-hmm. support team. If mm-hmm. you don't, you, you know, you can always find a support group. But yes. Support. Support. That's yes. the key. Yes. Great, great, great. Well, we are so thankful that you came on tonight. Um, we are so appreciative. Again, y'all, lupuspurplebutterfly.com. Find the group. Go to the website first and then go and join the group from there. Um, I think yeah. this the, the final two questions are going to hold us for the rest of the show. Uh, we got about 20 minutes left on the show. And the, the first question is, um, someone just heard that you said your mother transitioned. How much has your mother influenced you in spirit as well as how did she influence you when she was alive? Woo! Thank you for the question. <laughs> Thank y'all for the question. That was not my question. This is this question was coming in. No, I didn't. Um, <clears throat> my mom... I want to sound, my mom influenced me more after the transition. And I hate to say that, but it's true. 
Um, I love my mom, you know, but we didn't have the best relationship. And I needed that healing from her. And that was part of my healing is that I need that healing from her. And it didn't happen before she passed away. So it left me with a void. And that that apology that I wanted or needed, I had to accept it that I'm not going to get it. But I ended up getting it, though, you know, like, through you. You know, um, my mom have, have spoken to me on so many levels, and it was so real because everything that came to me was something me and her dealt with. So nobody mm-hmm. could really know. And stuff that happened in my past that, I, you know, I couldn't forgive her for. She don't ask for forgiveness. Like, it's so much. But I would have to say she influenced me more after. But I'm I'm grateful. I'm grateful that mm-hmm. we was able to get closure. And I'm grateful that I feel like she's right there. With me, mm-hmm. and she the reason why it moves so quick because I've been hesitating forever with a support group. Like it, it just stayed in my head. It was never out there. So now it's out there, mm-hmm. and it's because of her coming to you because I never did it. Mhm, mhm, mhm. And I, in this last final question, okay. is what and how do you? see yourself impacting the world with Lupus Purple Butterfly and do you consider yourself a healer? A healer? Ooh. Mm -hmm. Okay. My goal is to be there. Be that support especially for the people that don't have support. My goal is to make sure, well, try to help a person not go through all I went through. I'm not saying I can prevent them from going through everything, but I want to be that person that helps them to eliminate some of the heartache, some Mm. of the pain. You You know, telling them my journey so they can do the opposite of what I did. So it won't take them mm-hmm. as long to get to where I am now. Mm-hmm. And and I'm okay with the road I had to take because it taught me a lot. So I'm okay with it, but I want to be that support. And I, and I say this all the time. If I help one person, I promise you my mission is done. But I'm not going to stop there. I'm just saying it's just really going to motivate me to want to help more and more and more. But I also want to take the time to continue to heal myself. So it's a a challenge that I'm I'm ready for it. I'm ready Mm -hmm. for it. And I just want to – am I a healer? Um, I don't know if I'm a healer, but I feel like – I can help people heal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. So I don't want to necessarily put heal on my, you know, like, but I know that I would be, I can help a person heal. I can. Mm-hmm. I can. Mm-hmm. And that's my motivation. Mm-hmm. Like, for some, 
one of one of the young ladies posted on uh, one of my Facebook live, and she was like, "What you talking about? If my daughter has lupus," and I'm like, "Just for her to come on and say that." She was like, "Keep doing this, so you're really helping us." I was like, "See, that's what I'm talking about, right there." And it made me feel so good. I was ready to push harder. Then you know, I was ready to mm-hmm. just do something else. I was just ready. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Good. 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 Well, I have um, really, really enjoyed this show, and I think I I love how people are responding, and I know that the downloads are going to show us something good, and we'll be able to see the listeners and all of that good stuff. We are honored to have you on New Evolution Radio, Uh, even Joey on the backboard has some beautiful comments, it's just like, this is dope, like, this is how (laughs) healing works, and how incredible you are in standing in your story, so shout out, Joey, for for reaching out in that way, too. Thank you, Joey. Yes, yes, um, and making sure that everything is, is um, good, like, he sees how you are celebrating yourself, so that's, that's dope. Um, yeah, I mean, we have about, we have a little bit of time left, and I think I have a question. I think I have one more impromptu question. Um, okay. What, what and how did you process um, anger? I think we talked about hurt. I think we talked about accountability. But when I heard you say angry black woman, when I think of angry black woman, let me say I would have never thought of you, though. But when you, how did Ooh. you process anger? Because anger is very different than hurt and very different than accountability. How did you process your anger? Um, you know what? <clears throat> being, being angry came easy. It came natural to me. I don't I don't know how to explain it, but it came natural to me. Like everything made me angry. Everything. Like um I woke up angry. I went to bed angry. I could be at work and be angry. I was mad you know, I was I was mad at God for even you know, I hate to say that, but I was even mad at God for choosing me to go through this. You know what I mean? I was mm-hmm. like, I didn't, I didn't understand out of all my mom's children, like I was the one that ended up with lupus. Ended up with the majority of everything that happened to my mom happened to me. Mm-hmm. So in processing all that. It's like the anger was just there. Like it was just, I was born to be angry. I know that sounds weird, but that's how I felt. So mm-hmm. I just, I don't even know. Like, like I'm still, I'm still trying to. I'm in the process now of dealing with all this anger. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I don't know if I can completely answer it, but that might be the best I can answer right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you might have to ask mm-hmm. me again on another show when I come back. Cause <laughs> I'm working on, you know, I'm pro- seriously, 
quickly, though. Like, I'm processing my anger. Like, yeah. So you might want to ask me in two or three shows to see what <laughs> What does that mean? Where are you at with the process? What does that mean for you? Um, I'm still trying to understand why I'm so, why I was so angry, why I'm so angry. I haven't mm-hmm. healed completely from it. So I'm mm-hmm. still processing that anger, honestly, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking steps, I'm taking steps daily, daily, but I'm still mm-hmm. processing the anger. I am. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Yeah, and I think that's beautiful to to not try to rush to 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 your process and be like, right now, this is where I'm at, and you know that this that's, is right. Yeah, that's accepting that this is where I'm at, and I'm all right with where I'm at. It doesn't, and I'm not judging myself, and I'm not feeling bad, and I'm not all of the things. I think that's that's beautiful, and I, I celebrate you for that. Well, we are going to, uh, is there anything else you want to share uh, before we close out? Is there anything else you want to give to the people, tell to the people um, before we close out and get, give our, our last announcements of the night? I just want to say thank you for having me on the show. I really enjoyed this. Um, you yeah. know, it was another way of, you know, telling my story, bringing people on my journey with me. And it felt good. Like like before I came on, I was like, I know I'm gonna be nervous. I know, <laughs> you know I probably don't talk much, but you made me feel so comfortable. From like I probably talk the majority of the time, but it, it's like you made me feel really comfortable. And I appreciate you bringing me on the show. I really enjoyed it. Good, good, good. Well, new episode. And I'll come back in the time. Yes, we will. I will be letting you know when we will bring you back in and letting the people know um, you had some great, you had good turnout. So that that means that they are listening and they want more. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Well, man, well, oh, I'm <laughs> we appreciate you for coming on. Thank you so much. Y'all are on New Evolution Radio, where the evolution is the revolution. Sunday nights are Joey L show. You are on Tuesday, Beautiful Evolution with Healer. I said, Miriam. Next week, we have the beautiful, who's next week? Next week, we have, um, let me make sure I got this right. Hold on. Um, oh, we have Sister Keisha. Sister Keisha is going to come on. Y'all, let me tell y'all just a funny story. I told her that I was going to share. She has a two-year-old, and you know how the, the, the handle on the door put a hole in the wall. And her two, she just bought a brand new iPhone, and her two-year-old put the phone in the wall, y'all. So I have not been in contact with my sister for a few days, <laughs> and um, she got she cut it out last night finally. So we we Antonio and I went by and saw it. We were like, this is a two-year-old boy, a terrible two. So we're excited to bring on Sister Keisha next week, and she is going to share her journey of what it means to be in our sisterhood. We have a beautiful sisterhood story, but she is a wonderful sister um, that you should be connected with as well. Um, thank you all right. for who joined us last week with Sister Lori, and then the rest of the week we got have um, Ty, and then we have Dr. Tiffany Bowden, uh, all powerful sisters across this country that you guys should know who they are. And then next month is all about the men. So we're going to have some beautiful men coming on. Thank y'all for joining us. Um, Again, 
Thank you, Allison. Lupus Purple Butterfly, y'all go to lupuspurplebutterfly.com. Join the Facebook group from there and continue to support. Thank y'all for, ha- for listening, and can- we will see y'all next week. Peace. I'd like to dedicate this to all of the Creator's righteous children. I have some food in my bag for you. Not that edible food. The food you eat? No. I have some food for thought. Since knowledge is infinite, it has infinitely fell on me. So, it was a stormy night. You know the kind where the lightning strikes. around trying to be with